What we discussed last time was the approach to how learning Gemara allows us a depth of connection. Which in the words of the Balatanya, is the There's no greater unity we can experience with the Creator. So we've intellectually justified why, in a theoretical sense, the study of Gomorrah is the closest that we can get to Hashem. And that transforms our perspective of what we're doing with our day. And it answers a lot of kashas about the way that yeshivas are set up. If you understand that yeshiva is a... If you understand Torah is a body of information, and you understand that the goal is to become qualified and erudite in that body of information, like you're a law student, so then the curriculum of the yeshivas is all out of whack. Because in terms of the practicable laws that are studied in yeshivas, they are in fact the minimum or the minimal amount of time. And the amount of time that's devoted to laws which have no practical implications to our daily life is enormous. So if you're understanding that yeshiva is a training course, it's a degree in becoming well-versed in Jewish law, so then you'll, you'll be so frustrated in the yeshiva world. Because you'll say, you know, why are we spending more time on halacha? Why are we spending time learning makas when we could be learning brochas and shabbos and erevin and psachim? Why? We should be learning moed, we should be learning the sugars with the rishonim and coming out halacha lemaisa. Because there isn't the tachdis to know Torah. And therefore you look at the yeshivas and the way the yeshivas have been built and set up for the last few hundred years and you think that's really, they're missing the point completely. Because standard yeshivas spend their time in Noshim and Ezekiel. The Sudarim and Shas, which for the average person have very little practical implications. So that would be the first Tamir we'd have on, on the way that yeshivas are organized. The other Tamir we'd have the way yeshivas are organized. Yeshivas are some type of spiritual training ground. You say, well, wh- when does that start happening? When do we spend time in the spiritual side of things? Granted, we spend a lot of time in the, in, in the intellectual side of things, but in terms of the spiritual side of things, we, we feel that it's kind of it's almost it's underplayed. Um, when do we when do we get the time to to do that? So, so the Nevi'im answers up those questions, and he says as follows. What is a yeshiva trying to provide a person with? Well, there are many things. But let's just isolate the primary function of yeshivas, of the study of Torah as well, even outside of a yeshiva, and what we should be focusing on. Let 
Says Reb Chaim Velazhina. The claim that yeshivas are places where you don't have enough time devoted to spiritual growth becomes quite absurd. And I'll explain to you with an analogy. Imagine you go to, you want to advance in your spiritual well-being, so you decide to go off to India because that's where spirituality lives. So you go to India. The West is bankrupt spiritually, as we all know. And you want to have a kind of spirituality which doesn't involve like killing people at the same time. So you go to the East, not the Middle East. And you want to join a school of meditation. So they say, well, okay, but you have to understand that the, the discipline over here is quite strict. We're going to spend eight or nine hours a day meditating. There'll be brief breaks for lunch and supper. There'll be a gong sounding early in the morning and you'll Spend your days involved in the spiritual practice. So I'm pretty sure that most of us, our reaction would be, wow, that's, that's really intense, but understand how that's a really powerful spiritual experience. And then you kind of say, well, okay, well, why don't we do that in yeshivas? I mean, yeshivas, all we do is we spend our time learning, and it's intellectual, and it's dry, and why don't we spend our time like in real spirituality? But if I would say to you once we've understood the Rebbe Chaim Velazhina, that meditation is like, light spirituality compared to the category and the potency of the spirituality that we're engaged in. Anything else from mitzvahs to tefillah is nothing like the degree, the depth and the profound nature of the closeness that we can achieve to the creator of our world through studying, for example, Makkas and understanding the Sphora of Rav Hamnuna. You can't get closer than that. But the problem is, and the Sfasim says this, and this is really a crucial point to be made. He says this in last week's parasha. It says there's, there's a few accompanying requirements for the Torah that we learn to have that impact. It won't automatically have the impact. Meaning if a person really learns hard, Marcus, it's not that he'll immediately have that connection. He needs to have a few things in place. First of all, there has to be a, in the words of the Ramchal, Tikkun There has to be some type of consistency between his learning of Torah and his behavior. It doesn't mean that we have to be perfect, but we have to be in the process of trying to become better. It can't just be an intellectual approach that we enjoying exploring random intellectual spheres. It has to be. Re- we have to realize that. When we understand the Svara, so in regard to that Svara, we are now the Oran Kodesh. So if you're an Oran Kodesh, so then you better behave yourself. Because if you're carrying around that Torah, so then you have to be worthy of, of carrying around that Torah. And therefore, 
if you're not worthy of carrying around the Torah, so then you're not carrying it around. What do you have? You've got a few ideas in your head. The Ramchal goes so far as to say, Hashem. The Ramchal goes so far as to say, I can't quote it from you directly, but he goes as far as to say that when a person doesn't have that attitude, so what will it do to him? What will the Torah do to him? So he says, his reading of Torah will be It'll be like he's reading a letter. The or, the neshama of the Torah, will not penetrate him. In other words, when you learn Torah wrong, all you land up with is information. And the description that the Balatanya and the Nefesh Chaim discuss about this incredible connection and this tfisa of the kiviyachal, you connect into Hashem's book in the deepest way. None of that happens. You just you got, you got some more. Now you know. Now you know why Adim Zoyim on souls in every Got new information. So you need to have the consistency. You have to realize that you, we have to realize. We have to realize that we're an Aaron Kodesh, and when you're an Aaron Kodesh, you have to treat yourself. You have to treat yourself with respect. You have to. You have to realize, and this is such an important point. You have to realize that we have inside of ourselves a holy world. We've got what's called an Olam Apnimi, which is Kadosh Vitar. And all the other stuff, all the gunk on the outside, that's not a reflection of our Apnimis. Our depth, our insides are Kadoshim Vitarim. Yisrael Mekad Sheishmecho. How can you say Yisrael Mekad Sheishmecho? Depends upon the Yid if he's a Mekad Shem Shemaim or not. The answer is that the Jew is essentially a Mekadesh Shemaim. Fortunately, sometimes it can be lost. When it's lost, so then the impact that the Torah has on you is reduced infinitesimally. Whereas, when you are open to the fact that you're becoming an Aaron Kodesh to contain the Torah, so then it starts to impact you. The Swas Emes adds another point. He says that you have to have a If you don't believe in the Or HaTorah, not in the Torah, in the Or HaTorah, so it also can't impact you. You have to be, you have to, you have to understand that. You have to, you have to be cognizant of this is what's happening. If you're skeptical and cynical about it, so then there's no place for the Kedusha to come inside. You need to develop that Imunah. So you need the emuna. you need the attempt at creating consistency inside of yourself. You need the self-respect. You need to start to connect to the tahor, the tahar inside of yourself. So that the ikechil Hashem, Rav Desla says this, and he puts it beautifully, the ikechil the Hashem is when you mechala Hashem in front of yourself. No one has to see. But you do something which is a chil Hashem to you. That you behave in a way which is inappropriate for yourself. That's a real, that's a deepest chil Hashem. That bein chol vein atzmecha. No one is around. And you do an act which is below you. So then you mechal shem shemaim in front of yourself and you know it. The way to illustrate how you know it. And that's what you believe. And respect. Idea of self-respect. You have to realize 
We've done this exercise before. We've done this exercise before. If you'd imagine a person that you view as a tzaddik, and then you imagine him doing something that you may do, you feel disgusted. Yeah, Dev was traumatized by the last Can't time we did. Can't go through. <laughs> was it you? Were you the only one that was here? Yeah, yeah, huh? We've done this before. In other words, when you when you do something which you would not expect a tzaddik to do, so you yourself hold it. It means that you essentially hold that that act is disgusting. So, what kind of impact does it have on yourself when you do it? About that, it undermines your your kedusha. So therefore, to answer the question of, yes, we understand the theory of the fact that this is what Gomorrah is. But practically speaking, when I learn Gomorrah, this is not what I feel. The answer to that question is, you're right. It's not that you're going to feel that immediately just because you start to learn Gomorrah. Apart from the actual study of Gomorrah, there's a whole different kind of avoider that you have to have. First of all, you have to know what you're doing. If you've been given, you're covering ground and you're becoming more proficient and self-sufficient in Talmudic skills, say that. So then you're not going to get it. If you think it's about retaining information, you're not going to get it. If you think it's about showing how clever you are and how stupid everyone else is, you're not going to get it. If you think, wow, it's intellectually challenging and it's a nice mind game, you're not going to get it. There has to be an Ehrlichkeit. The sincerity that I want to, I want to connect to Rebbeinu Shalom. I want to connect. That's my tachlis. That's my rots, and that's my desire. And this is a way I can do it. This is a vehicle for that. Let me use this vehicle for that. Let me absorb myself in the svara. Let me put the effort into getting it clear. And when I get it clear, and I feel that I've grasped it, so let me envision that what's happening now is I'm taking the Or Hashem and I'm eating it. I'm consuming it. It's becoming part of me. And now I'm carrying that Or Hashem with me. Now the Or Hashem is a part of me. It's a part of the way I think. And it's a part of the way I process. So now I'm becoming more and more a shtickle of the Yibar Yisrael Johnny. So it seems to me from what we just said by that in Torah you, you realize that you have all this Torah inside you and that you're on, on a Kodesh and that you need to become better because of that. So it's like a, a motivation to, the, to grow and becoming better, a better person. But that doesn't tell you how to become a better person. That is 100%. Um, it doesn't answer all questions of how do I work on my middles and how do I perfect myself. So that alone isn't enough. You need to also have the books. No question. You need to have tactics and strategies of how you're going to live up to yourself. Uh-huh. So, so why, why is it more important to have the motivation to get better than, than the, the, the skills? You need both. One doesn't work without the other. If you have no motivations and the skills don't help. But there's a very different perspective when you understand that the skills are there to make you a, a more worthy bearer it's completely irrelevant to what we're trying to do when we work on ourselves. We're trying to create ourselves as better Arona Kodesh. 
so we are more appropriate to contain the light that we have inside of ourselves. Happens to be that the way you do that, you become better. But we're not becoming better so we can now be a good guy. You can get plenty of good guys out there in the world. They've got great midas. That's not what you're trying to do. Granted, there'll be an overlap. You'll have good midas and you'll have good midas. But your good, good midas are to create a vehicle for the Torah to rest within. Mrs. Ashraim? There's an interesting Mrs. Ashraim which, which, which he speaks about in um, Nikias in regard to this. He says... He said in Perikul Aleph, the, the fascinating, when discussing Chilul Hashem, he says, The honor of Torah is, A person that learns more Torah, You will have a consistent, a parallel development of becoming straight and fixing up your midas. And if you go forward in your learning and you are left behind in your midas, you are degrading the study of Torah. A person that knows a lot of Torah and he doesn't act in accordance with it, that's a chil shayim shemaim. That he gave us a Torah, and he gave it to us, and look what he says, that through it we will reach our perfection, our completion. So, in other words, you see that the study of Torah is also a mechanism of becoming shalem, of becoming whole and pure. And when you have this and you don't have that, so then it makes a mockery out of the Torah. Can it be in parallel if you spend like eight hours learning Gemara and half an hour doing Musa? Yes. How can, you have, how can it be in parallel that you're, you're fixing your middas and, and learning and, and breathing and learning Torah? It seems like the emphasis is strong on learning Torah and then you do a little bit of improving your middas. So that's a kasha that Reb Chaim Velazhina asks. He says, what about the proportions? How should the proportions be? So he says... In Nefesh Achaim, Perik Yud. Musar is best learned not in the classroom. I don't think the proportions are so. Where does he say it?
One second. So he doesn't say over here, but elsewhere he expands upon the fact, I think it's in his Persian Pekka Avos, that he says that there's a, he quotes a marshal, a magistrate, which said, Marshal Adam Shiam, it's this in Perik Zayin, Marshal Adam Shiam al-Shukha, Haleli Kur shal Chitin Aliyah, take a Kur of Chitin, which is a huge amount, Amalei Aravdali Boin Kav Chumtin, did you, did you put in a, a Kav of Chumtin? Now, I've forgotten the ratio of cabin to kur. It's uh, more than 25, if I remember correctly. Meaning it's, it's a huge amount. So, so you give a small amount of the preservative for a large amount of the produce. So, elsewhere, he, I, I can't remember, I don't think he does it here. He makes a reckoning of what the ratio of limudah muslim to limudah Torah. He says it's a kur to a kav. Kav to a kur. So the point is as follows. He also, he also suggests that the more person is aware, it's more of, a, it's more of an approach in the consciousness than necessarily amount of quantitative time that's required. And even in the, in the, the Musa yeshivas, they never spent hours and hours learning Musa. The Musa Sadarim, like even the most serious of Musa, Musa yeshivas, they had two Musa Musa a day, maybe you know, half an hour each. But there was never a replacement of the study of Ion Begumara for Musa. Because the understanding was that you don't need it in terms of quantity. You just have to like, be in that mind frame. When you're in that mind frame, so then you get it. More than that, that the Torah itself energizes you and purifies you so that the more you learn, the less Musa you need. If you're learning it properly. Once you have the right mind frame and you're working on that, so the Torah adds a, a, acts as a... As a also, as a refiner. So yes, Dov. Sorry, Johnny. It's both to motivate and purify you. Yeah, the motivation is just a side point. That's just a consciousness. It actually purifies you as well. That you're filling up yourself, like the like the Nefesh Chaim and like the Balatanya say, that you're filling yourself up with, with, with Or Hashem. You're ingesting Or Hashem. So that's going to, that's going to have an impact on you. So even if you, you never study like Chavetz Chaim, you're still... If you if you're learning to in the right way, it will it will create again. Let's think about this, right? If you're learning to you turn the right way, you become close to Hashem. So the closer you become to Hashem, the more you develop an intuitive connection towards Jemitzas and an evasion avoidance of myth of avarice. Again, you have to be learning a property, but the Chaim Velazhin has got this whole thing. He's got like the Seder limit, I think it goes up to 12 hours. If you learn 12 hours straight, you don't, you don't know Mavatal. You go to the bathroom before and you just learn. You don't, you don't distract it one second. So he describes what happens after every hour. He doesn't say in Nefer Shechaim, but he describes what happens after every hour. He describes what happens after every hour. Not that right. He describes what happens after. The point I'm making is that it should be when a person's connecting. So you know, you you're connecting to the way we described it previously was like there's a router. 
and the signal is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So when you're having that information, flowing into you, so then everything's clear, everything's clear, everything's clear. The Gemara itself says that, that the Torah is magna matzla. The Torah protects you and saves you from Avera. That means whilst you're learning, a person's exempt from Avera, not exempt, he's, he's, he has no desire for Averas. Now if you find that you have a desire for Averas while you're learning, so then it's a right you're not learning. Which means you can learn, but not learn. Would you like to say something, Chaim? That's excellent. So then shouldn't we say that the Seder should be switched? We should do the Musa before we do the Gemara? So Rebbe Chaim says, before you start learning, he, he, he describes what you should think and what you should do. He says, you should, you should do a chesh ben anefesh, you should, you should learn, you should, you should get yourself in the right mind frame. I think in most of the Gemara shares, there is a little bit of before, there's a, whether it be Pir Kiyavos or Musal Susharim, or I don't know what you do in your share if you do anything, but... Yeah, we, don't, we, we just start with the Gemara. I do so during the Gemara show. It's called, what we do is we interweave. It's called weaving. We weave Musa through the lines of the Gemara and then back again to make a tapestry of a year. If you're learning needlepoint, I mean, I think you're in the wrong place for needlepoint, rather. Uh, not necessarily true. When it speaks to spiritual needlepoint, I think there's a lot to be said for it. Yes, Yechenen. Every time I was this on, as me a Rambam back in Marcos, is me up in Hilchos Tama Torah, in London Torah, El Tama Hagon Na Masad O Latam. Of all, Im Haya Holek Vederek Lotova, Magzirno Sel Muta, Uman Higno Sel Vederek Shara, U Botkimo Sel, the Acharkach Magnisinos Lebesa Medrash, Umalam Dinoso. So it seems with the Rambam, you would never teach somebody Torah in the first place until he's fit to learn Torah. It's so a very good point. The thing is where it seems you're trying to challenge my job, Yechelim. What are you doing? No, I'm just trying to say where he's coming from. Like someone's already learning Torah. Like, why would you waste your time with all of this Muslim stuff? The Muslim is only to get you to a point to start learning Torah. Once you're on that level, you're already past kind of those previous requirements. But that has to, if you're not at that level. It seems like you can spend all most or majority, if not all of your time, getting to the level to be on to learn. That's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. In other words, you're saying that in order for the Torah to influence us, we have to really be quite sophisticated in our evolution of self. We have to be psychologically advanced. That we're not dealing with basic issues, and then then we can. It's a good point. It's a good point. Good everything, great person, good meetups, like, just give him a little more, of course, like, let's get in. So, like, now that I'm becoming an issue with, like... You need, like, a whole rehab beforehand. Yeah, completely, like, get everything sorted out, completely, and then, like, finally, two and a half years later, I'm like, okay, now I can finally sit in front of tomorrow. Like, it seems like... Uh, yeah, 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 that, that, that's, a, that's a great, great riot from the Rambam, and it's a very interesting point about how we should deal, let's say, with people who who don't, let's say, have the level of self-development where they can even start to entertain these ideas. Can you translate like the Rambam? Like any Sorry. Uh, yeah, so we do not teach Torah except to a Talmud who is fit and proper and he has pleasant deeds or he's a complete person. However, if he's going in a bad way, 
we return him to the good way and we accustom him to the straight path. And we check him, and after this, only once he's on this right path, then do we bring him into the uh, base of Indrish and teach him Torah. So, it's, so, so, so the. Closed off the yeshiva, and then once they depose him and put the new guy, in, he opened up for anyone to come learn. So even there, the Gemara says he didn't open up for anyone. Just the people that were previously excluded. His 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 criteria for acceptance were extremely stringent. They relaxed the criteria, but they didn't make it absolutely hefka. In other words, there was still there was there was still people who were fitting to be learned. I mean, it's a very important point. There's a, there's a Vilna Gaon as, as well that says that based on a Gemara that when you learn Torah it either becomes an elixir of life or poison. And uh, it says if it's, it's... What Torah does is if you've got bad midas and you haven't worked on them it will make them worse. If you make a good midas it will make them better. So it does seem that there seems to be we need this preparatory stage of developing a certain level of spiritual... Readiness to be actually exposed to Gemara, and then, then we'll be able to do it properly. But if we don't have that spiritual readiness, <coughs> so then we're not going to be getting what the Balatanim and the Chaim are saying. What we're going to be getting, we're going to have all our issues, and on top of our issues, we're going to be struggling with difficult context concepts and Aramaic text, and that's not going to do anyone any good. So what we have to do is we have to extend the center program to be a three-year program. We have to have one year of called rehab, where you get guys just up and running psychologically. Second year, Kamara skills. Third year, self-sufficiency, so that you can start to actually experience things. And then maybe a lot of the cushions that we have will be resolved. So we need, a, we, we need to su- suggest that we need, you're suggesting that we need a major curriculum change. Yeah. The entire face of the issue is not the run back system of sitting guy in front of Gamar works great for someone that's fit for it. Do you have a lot of money? Um, we can get money. If you can get money, yeah, this, you could, <laughs> I mean the question of course always is funding. If we're going to go out, go out on our own, so we're going to have to get some funding. Maybe you present it, not me, but... We have to get funding, and the truth is, we need we need a, a kind of a, a wide. It's going to be quite. It's going to be quite quite a budget because we need. We're going to have to have psychologists, psychologist, <laughs> occupational therapist, speech therapist, a few kind of like cognitive trainers. We're going to have to get people who are going to. We're going to, have, we're going to need a personal trainer to like get people up with the correct uh, relationship between kufa and nefesh, um, dietitians. It's going to be like quite comprehensive. New diet, new, new meal plan. New meal plan. I'm saying the food is going to be, the food's going to be so. Okay, good. I feel that that was a productive discussion. I'm looking forward to it. If you do know people, so then please, I'll leave you my email and bank account number.